Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour on a stormy, rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander from the Southern Bank Course Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is out today, but we're with you and uh, we're glad you're with us as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're proud to say good friends of ours. We highly recommend their food. Uh, we think it's just the best barbecue around, and they're open seven days a week, and they can cater any event for you, whether it be large or small. If you're driving around Mississippi this afternoon, you need to be careful. Kelly Center, the weather's been dreadful. Lots of standing water on different highways around the area. Uh, flash flood warnings for the Hattiesburg area. So a lot like in Hattiesburg, underneath the Highway 49 bridge there, uh, underneath 4th Street, you don't want to be going in there because your your car will get stuck. Yeah, if you don't have to be anywhere this afternoon, just just chill for a couple of hours and, and let uh, Mother Nature take her course a little bit here. But the things should, should begin to calm down a little bit in the next hour or so. But, yeah, do be careful and don't go anywhere if you don't absolutely have to. Cold weather's coming back, so if you're uh, like Kelly and I and fighting chronic sinus problems and allergies, uh, get ready for another round because we've gone from 70 and we're going to be like 30 or 40. And it could be a lot worse. Now, it could when you look at people up in the Ohio Valley and right. over to the Northeast, I mean, they're getting pummeled with snow uh, and people and ice. stranded on interstates. And ice. What a mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good thing basketball is played indoors because the Lady Eagles are getting ready to do just that. Uh, the Lady Eagle basketball team is beginning a stretch of four games in seven days, all at Reed Green Coliseum. And uh, it begins tomorrow night at uh, 6 p.m. when they take on Florida International. Uh, Florida International comes in here, Kelly, 11-7, and seven, so they're, they're a pretty good basketball team, but... Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm feeling really good about this Southern Miss ladies team, and I'm I'm really curious to see how they hold up down the stretch here because I think they have the ability to really make some noise. They've been they've been kind of a head scratching team, Bob, because they they have played better on the road, I think, almost than they have at home. They went to Rice and clobbered Rice. I mean, double digit win. Nobody saw that coming. So if they can develop. That style of play that you were talking about, but on a more consistent basis. And, of course, rarely are you going to get a stretch where you get this many games at home. So if you can pad that record here at home, take advantage of it here at home, and keep that hot streak going, then you'll solidify your positioning when it comes to the postseason tournament. And in the month of February, we've only got about, what, five, six weeks left of the college basketball season. So. A couple of interesting uh, facts about the game tomorrow night. A kid by the name of Kyla Nelson plays for FIU. She's leading Conference USA in three-point field goal percentage with the 378 clip. 
and uh, ranked second in the league with uh, the number of three-pointers that she's made. Meanwhile, Southern Miss Kelsey Jones is on pace to end her career with the best all-time field goal percentage of any Lady uh, Eagle to ever do that. Uh, she has 50, is at 55% uh, each season thus far of her career. And uh, that she's currently shooting a, at a 60% clip, Kelly. That's pretty daggone good. Well, the way she's shooting it, maybe we should cut her hair and let her play on the men's side. Exactly. <laughs> been, they need some shooters uh, that can have some consistency on the men's side. Exactly right. But right now, yeah, the women's team, uh, like I said, if they can just develop some of that. Now, is that game, Bob, tonight or tomorrow? You said tomorrow, but. It's tonight. It is. To, yeah, I was going to say Thursday and Saturday, I yeah, think. it's tonight. Okay. Here's another interesting stat about the Lady Eagles, Kelly. They're 19-1. and when holding opponents to under 70 points. This is dating back to last year. They're 0-19 when they give up more than 70 points. Well, you've heard that defense wins it for you. And, and, and Coach McNellis believes in defense. For sure. And and that's what's going to bring you the title ultimately. Um, and part of that, the better you play defense, obviously is going to – ease up your offensive end of the, the side, too. You don't have to perform as well on the offensive end of the floor if you're playing a tenacious defense. Well, it's the Florida swing. Uh, Florida Atlantic will be in here Saturday, I believe. But tonight uh, it's Florida International, which is a hot three-point uh, shooting team. And the Lady Eagles, I think, are playing pretty well right now. So uh, what better night to do it on a rainy night like tonight? It's all indoors. And there is another great women's basketball game tonight, Bob, in Poplarville. I know it's a Southern Miss show, but with two schools that feed athletes to Southern Miss, Jones and Pearl Rivers women's teams are one and two in the standings. They're a half a game apart. And they're playing the showdown tonight in Poplarville. The no men's game, just the women's game at 6 o'clock. Mm. So that's another game If you're in the southern part of the viewing area. If you don't want to deal with the roads or the rain, that uh, game in Poplarville featuring Jones and Pearl River tips off at 6 o'clock, and it's for first place in the MACCC. A lot of love between those two schools, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Luke said yesterday as we signed out the show, he said, Go Cats! And I told him after the show, I said, I know that you meant that for Jones people, Luke. But I said, by saying go Cats, you're really including both teams because Jones are the Bobcats and Pearl Rivers the Wildcats. Right. So, but that ought to be that yeah. ought to be a great women's basketball tilt yeah, tonight. A great junior college rivalry here in the South Mississippi. The men are on the road. Uh, they always match the ladies, of course. Florida International, Florida Atlantic, a team that desperately needs to have something positive happen. And the first two halves of the last two games, the Eagles have been right there. All right, But then because they're, Kyle Rohn was uh, talking about it the other day when we had him on the show, that other teams start to get into the legs of Southern Miss, meaning our guys get a little bit tired because other teams are deeper uh, with personnel. And a lot of that is, you know, in the future, there's, there's things taking place to uh, perhaps help with uh, depth. Of course, one of those, Tay Hardy, will be back next year. But if they can just if they can put two halves together, and I still think that that first half against Middle Tennessee a couple of weeks ago was probably the best half they've played all year long. So the capability is there. What they haven't been able to do is put two halves together like that and avoid those long stretches of either the other team goes on a run or the Eagles go on a drought, you know, for eight or nine minutes. They just have not been able to avoid that long term. Kelly, I've got so many comments made to me about our interview with Tim Floyd. Apparently, people really enjoyed hearing from him. 
Uh, and uh, I, I just thought that was so interesting to listen to a man who's been so knowledgeable about the game. And and, and what struck me in regard to Southern Miss basketball is obviously he follows it and uh, keeps up with it. And he seems to believe that the Golden Eagles are only a guard away, a, a solid point guard away from being a really competitive basketball team. Well, Tay Hardy's the two in, in the two, two guard, the, right. the two guard, but that point guard. But but you know what, Bob? Every college team is looking for that point guard because the point guard is the comp- quarterback. To put it in football terms, he is. And if you don't have that guy, then you're asking somebody who normally doesn't. You're asking a square to go into a circle. You know, right. it just it doesn't work as well as it needs to. And whether you're in Conference USA or whether you're in the Sun Belt, doesn't matter. You still got to have that trigger guy. Um, when Tay Hardy gets healthy, that's obviously going to help. Now remember again, this Eagle team is starting two fr- uh, two juniors and three freshmen. Okay, so there's a lot of a lot of experience that's a lot of miles being put on the tires at a young age here that are going to benefit the Eagles as time goes on. So, and and we talked the other day in this segment in defense of Jay Ladner, you know, if, if people can just hang on now, if this, if the team continues the way it is now and we're another year and a half or two years down the road, then maybe you're, you're talking to maybe a different story, but, but right now, um, I th- Still, everybody needs to pump the brakes just a little bit, and we'll see. But this would be a this is a big weekend if they can get even one of the two, Bob. Even one of the two, what it would do for the morale and the confidence of the team is probably immeasurable. Just got a text uh, from Coach Jordy uh, uh, McNellis says Kelsey Jones is not going to cut her hair and play for the men. Just she wanted to make sure you knew that. Well, I'm, she's I'm, not leaving the Lady Eagle team. Uh, well, we could maybe do both. You know, kidding, of course, <laughs> kidding. Of course, <laughs> play on both teams. <laughs> You know, well, it's happening in every other sport. You got Why that not? right. <laughs> a little bit more extreme cases, but uh. all right. Something else is happening uh, in sports, and uh, it really it's a, it's a cultural thing. Uh, Kelly, you know the Cleveland Indians. I know you're a huge baseball fan. After a hundred plus years, have to give up their their name. Uh, the same thing happened uh, to the Washington Redskins this week. Uh, uh, and we're fixed to bring someone on who covers Washington Redskin football for a living, uh, a Southern Miss connection. Uh, 15 seconds left in the segment, but Cleveland Indian fans must be feeling the same grief that Washington Redskin fans are feeling. Because it's a brand new name. And it's in essence, your team is dead. Your team has been taken away from you. All, all of your merch that you've had, that, that pennant from 1959 that's up on the wall that's frazzled. That's that's a collector's item now, essentially. Uh, now you still got the Kansas City Chiefs and Atlanta Braves. Well, yeah. that's what we're going to talk about: the sea change that's taking place and how it has infiltrated sports. We could talk about Louisiana Monroe. The same thing happened there. We think it'll be an interesting discussion. We hope you'll stick around.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us around the network this afternoon, online, wherever you're tuned in. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. And I want to thank Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their support of our program. They have great inventory on Hardy Street, all sorts of Southern Miss swag. You can also buy it online at the CampusBookmart.net. Bob Matthews has been on the radio show before. He is a beat reporter for SportsJourney.com. He's a Southern Miss graduate. He's up in the D.C. area now, and he covers... Go ahead, Bob. The Washington Redskins. And um, <laughs> we we asked Bob to come on to talk about not only what's happened to that NFL franchise, but the Cleveland Indians and, and what he sees uh, with other franchises. Uh, we've seen it happen in college right here in Louisiana with Louisiana Monroe. So, Bob, first of all, I want to I thank you for coming on the show. And um, before I express my opinion, which obviously doesn't mean much, uh, Give give us an overview of what you think, in general, the the former Redskin Nation, which is which has had a national following. There's no argument mm-hmm. about that. What is the feeling in that world today? Well, I will turn it around and ask you guys what the feeling is outside of the DMV here in a minute. Um, but the feeling, I think, inside the DMV, it's a couple of things. Number one. It's, to quote uh, the late Gerald R. Ford, our long national nightmare is over. So it's relief that this entire 19-month process is finally behind us. Uh, and then as far as the name went itself, it's kind of, the reaction's been kind of like a slice of Sparrow pizza. It's fine. <laughs> it's completely fine. Nobody's really just incredibly upset, and nobody's extraordinarily fired up for it either. The talk yesterday was about how incredibly second-rate and amateurish the uh, the rollout looked on the Today Show, from Craig Melvin's awkward laugh to uh, Doug Williams saying, we are the commanders. I think that's going to be a drop on every radio show here in the area for the next six, eight months. It's going to be right up there with, the, with uh, winning off the field. Well, Bob, it's it's hard to put in words. Now, I'm going to date myself. I started going to games at uh, RFK with my father when Otto Graham was the coach. That's when I got introduced Correct. to the Redskins. And right. and my dad was a season ticket holder long after he left Virginia and moved back to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So, I've grown up I've grown up with that franchise. My daughter has become a huge, well, ha- ha- was a huge Redskins fan. We were still going back to D.C. annually on a father-daughter trip to games. We we lived and breathed it. It is hard for me to put into words how crushingly disappointing it is. And I feel like um, I feel like something that's been a big part of my life, uh, my entire adult life, has been murdered. Is no longer yeah. exist. Am I wrong in feeling? Am I the only person that feels like that? No, no, there have been a lot of people that have expressed kind of that that same sentiment um, in the last you know weeks and 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 months. Um, but you know there have been a lot also that have just been crushed by this you know by this management uh, team for the last twenty years. I mean, when you you know when you stop and look at it, you know Dan Snyder's been the owner of this team since nineteen ninety nine. 
Right. They've had six playoff seasons, and they haven't won ten games in a year since in nine years. You know, it's the mediocrity has to, to the mediocrity to, to incompetence has uh, just been epic the last few years. But no, Bob, you are not alone with that. And I tell you, I, I think, and yes, the name is the official name is now Commanders. But I, I it's my personal feeling that. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of fans still referring to them as the Redskins for quite some time. I don't think it's going to be like it was when the Oilers moved, right. to, Ten- moved to Nashville and then changed their name to Tennessee or something like that. Right. Uh, is it fair to say Dan Snyder has destroyed what was a very proud and historic NFL franchise? I don't know anybody anymore that is a fan of Dan Snyder. I can't imagine his Q rating in D.C. is much above about uh, about a negative four. Um, you know, it's interesting because, and that that's a change. You know, if you went back 10, maybe even as early as five years ago, uh, people would say, well, you know, they haven't been winning, but, but by gosh, at least he's spending, he's spending the money, you know, on the, on the free agents and stuff. Something happened around the time when, when Mike Shanahan got fired in that whole situation that really, really turned things. And, and it's been the downward spiral has increased exponentially ever since that. And, you know, God love Ron Rivera. He seems like a really nice guy and a man of integrity, but it's going to take a long time to turn this around. And, you know, if Snyder stays at the helm, um, but it's, you know, they, they've got a tough road ahead of them. But that being said, if this team comes out next year somehow and wins 11 or 12 games, you know, winning cures a lot. So, you know, it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see. Now, Bob Matthews, you've come a long way since being a, a, a member of Sigma Alpha Epsilon at, at Southern Miss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, miles and miles, let me tell you. <laughs> and we can get into some of those horrific stories, perhaps. Not on the air. <laughs> yeah, perhaps not. Not, a, not unless I have my attorney, not unless Jim Dukes is there to represent me. <laughs> okay, but the question that I have is the, the perfect ambassadors – to help in this mm-hmm. public relations nightmare would be some of your former Hall of Fame Redskin players. The problem is very few of them are even on board with this name change. In fact, some of them have vehemently opposed it. So what's going on with the yeah. former players? Charles Mann was killing it. Uh, was killing the name in the inter- in an interview the other day. I would say, I do say they did have a bunch of former players out at, at FedEx uh, yesterday for the reveal, and more than just Joe Theismann, who is who is always there, and Joe Goblovum is always predicting the twelve and five season every year. Um, they did get they they have a bunch of them um, in the area, and that they were there. I know Brian Mitchell, um, who hosts a show on uh, on a local uh, Washington radio station, and also, by the way, can quote you chapter and verse on the game he beat Brett Favre at homecoming. He remembers his stats exactly from that. Uh, he's been on board with this. Um, I, who else did I see out there yesterday? I saw Dexter Manley. I think I saw uh, Raleigh McKenzie out there. Gary Clark, uh, Rod Gardner. There were. A, they made an effort to bring a bunch of them in yesterday in order to to kind of get behind this thing. Um, but here locally, it's just uh, again we can't get past um, that performance on the Today Show of of Jason Wright and John Allen and and Doug Williams just sitting there and some old rickety chairs on the field and uh you know the announcement thing took about 20 seconds everybody's feeling was 
That's it. That's that's what we waited. That's what these nineteen months have been all about for that right there. They've botched everything that they've tried to do since they took over the management of the team. In my opinion, mm-hmm. here's here's one thing that just strikes me as just so sad. I, I I read an article earlier this week about the passing of a former player, and uh, mm-hmm. even now when the media talks about uh, deceased members of past teams, they refuse to acknowledge that. They were Washington Redskins. They referred to him as a former Washington football team football player. He was mm-hmm. a Washington Redskin, Bob. And if he were alive to tell you that, that's what he would say. So, I mean, are we not even allowed now to, to mention the 86-year-old name when we reference past players who have passed away? Uh, well, I th- A, I think that's a personal choice. And B, I think that goes to... The arrogance of Dan Snyder and the stupidity and how I think he might have been able, maybe, could have kept this name if he had been smart, if he had played it smart instead of tough about 10 years ago when he made that infamous quote to USA Today where he said, we're never going to change the name, and you can put that in all caps. Right. If he had responded to that question instead by saying something to the effect of, you know, I have listened to the people who are uncomfortable with all of this, and, you know, words have meaning, and while I believe the meaning of the word Redskins has changed, and I really believe the vast majority of people, when you say Redskins, think of the football team, I do understand these, the, the point of view that these other folks have. So because of that, as of today, we are retiring the Redskins logo. And had he done that uh, 10 years ago, and, you know, and even changed it from one word, maybe put red on top and skins on the bottom. I, I think he might have been able to survive this because then he, I think you could make a logical argument. Look, it's not associated with this emblem anymore. It's just two words stuck together. And as lame as it sounds, you have redskin peanuts and you have redskin potatoes. And you could say it means nothing. It's just a word, much like the the nickname of... Uh, the New Zealand national uh, rugby team is the All Blacks, and they're right. called the All Blacks because they wear black tops right. and black and black. Try pants. that here. You also, but <laughs> you, well, you also, but you also have, uh, you also have a, uh, you have a problem with the fact that you know the the original owner George Preston Marshall and his history. You know, he was a virulent racist. Right. The last owner. To, to integrate the team was not, you know, was was not shy about that fact, even created a foundation called the Redskins Foundation when he died, which was created purposely to work against integration. Uh, well, so, hang, hang on, Bob. We're going to take a quick break. History. Quick break. Bring Bob Matthews back. Not only affecting the Washington Redskins, the Cleveland Indians. And why is it okay for the Atlanta Braves and Kansas yeah. City Chiefs, but not the others? We're going to ask Bob Matthews that question when we come back. Great conversation on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Be careful out in South Mississippi. I think actually the weather's bad all over the state. Wherever you're listening, uh, be careful. I uh, got a lot of bad weather here and uh, going to turn really cold again here, which we don't like here very much in South Mississippi. We do like Fourth Street Bar and Grill. It's a place uh, 
hang out and watch all your favorite games. Of course, anytime Southern Miss is playing, they're on the tube there. And uh, I'm sure next Sunday they'll have a big Super Bowl special, and we'll be passing that information along to you. Bob Matthews is with us. He's the beat reporter for SportsJourney.com. Uh, he is a Southern Miss graduate, and he's talking to us about the uh, uh, the announcement yesterday after 86 years and then two years as is the most generic team I've ever seen, uh, how the uh, Washington Redskins are now the Washington Commanders. Because Commander. Bob won't say it. Bob. All right, so, Bob, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. We, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. We have the right. Atlanta Braves. The Indianapolis Indians mm-hmm. minor league team. Right. No one right. seems to be upset about that, but, uh, boy, they singled in on the Washington Redskins. What is the difference? I think, well, there's, I, I, there's been a little bit of heat on the Chiefs, um, although you make a very good point with the other ones. And as far as I can see, I think, again, and I hate to keep um, – beating a dead horse on it, but I think it goes back to both the arrogance of Dan Snyder and the original sin of the team's founder, George Preston Marshall, who was, as we said, you know, a virulent racist. Um, I mean, he didn't hide it. He was the last owner to integrate, said publicly he wouldn't integrate the team, only did when uh, the federal government said he couldn't play at RFK Stadium unless... Uh, he integrated the team, uh, and even when he died, set up a foundation called the Redskins Foundation that that was that promoted you know fighting against integration back in the mm-hmm. late '60s and early '70s. So I think that's where all of this um, really started. And you know, is it going to you know? Are we going to see the Chiefs uh, have to change their name one day? Maybe yes, maybe no. I, I think you could, and again, you know, may, uh, you can make an argument with the Chiefs and and even the Braves if they change their logo. I think that could, if it doesn't solve the problem, could buy them <clears throat> untold years um, before they were forced to it. So, you know, when you look at it, that would be the logical next step based on what Bob said is that the Chiefs, would be the next one to respond. We don't like to deal in hypotheticals in our business, Bob Matthews. Mm-hmm. But what if what if one of these teams with that challenge just said, no, we're not going to change it. If you don't like it, we got other people that will buy season tickets that are on a waiting list. Right. Well, that, that that's what Dan Snyder did, and you saw where that got him. And, again, you, you take that position publicly at your own risk because it's not so much the season ticket holders, although it, obviously it makes for a bad look when there are maybe twenty five to 30,000 Washington fans in the stands at, at FedEx and everything else is the visiting team. But remember, what got this whole thing started uh, 19 months ago was the fact that FedEx uh, – primarily said um, we're not gonna we're pulling out of our sponsorship agreement if you don't change the name and then a couple of, I think Merrill Lynch or Bank of America followed and I think Pepsi as well so you know the Dan Snyder did not all of a sudden um, uh, get some kind of jolt of morality uh, the only reason he did it was because Money. he was about to lose the title sponsor right no. off of his stadium so if, would if that, that have happened, happened Bob if they'd have been winning 11 or 12 games a year? Three years ago? Mm, that's a very good question. Yes, well, the protests would have still been going on because, I mean, I remember them when, you know, back in 91 when the Redskins were in, uh, were in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. 
so I think it still would have been happening. The question would have been, would there have been as much of a corporate uproar? So, I mean, you know, and it, it all goes back to the stewardship of Dan Snyder with this team. Um, and his arrogance and his, you know, not changing with the times and thinking that everybody still in in Washington just completely bowed down to the organization, no matter, uh, you know, no matter what the organization did. It's just it's not like that anymore. But we also have to, we're, we're talking about this like this is kind of a new concept, you know, woke mm-hmm. America, if you will. But let's put it in a Southern Miss context. And Bob, you were a student. At Southern Miss, when they were called uh-huh. the Southerners. Right. Bob Getty was a student when they were called the, the Southerners. All right, well, uh-huh. and that's going back a long time. But there was even talk back then that maybe the Southerners... You know, great insight on the part of Aubrey Lucas. He foresaw that coming. And, uh-huh. and then he... But, but here's how he handled it differently. He allowed the student body to pick the new name. And, 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 Bob, one thing that I saw on a lot of Redskin-related social media was there were a number of names I think fan the fan base was asking for, the Red Wolves, the Hogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the Hogs, yep. for example, would have gone back to the heyday of, of Redskin football. The Red Wolves, Correct. the Warriors, there, there were a number of names, but it seems like the management could have cared less what the fan base wanted. Fair? The, the the one quote I heard from Jason Wright yesterday was that uh, they were afraid any kind of uh, copyright infringement, especially with um, uh, something like DCFC, which they were considering, or even the Red Wolves, they were afraid they would lose. They would not if they did that. They wouldn't just lose the name; they would potentially lose the burgundy gold color scheme, which they felt was just um, would was just a step too far. But for the life of me, and I, I can't figure it out. I'm not a patent attorney, but it just it makes no sense to me because I, I don't see if you are a fan of the Washington. Let's say they they made the name Red Wolves, and you're not going to. Uh, or if you're a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who apparently wouldn't go along with any of this or said they would fight them on it, I don't see a fan of the Timberwolves all of a sudden going out and buying Washington Red Wolves gear just because it exists. <laughs> I, I don't see how one hurts the other. But, again, I never went to law school. Who made the final decision about the name? Who was the individual that said, this is what the name is going to be? Uh, I don't think anybody has actually come and taken credit for being the one individual. They don't want to take credit <laughs> for that, do they? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But my guess was it was uh, it was Jason Ryder, Dan Snyder. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think, again, I think that there is probably some sort of consultant's report out there about the name commanders that said a plurality of focus group participants that's find always the about name no. satisfactory. <laughs> satisfactory, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's it. Yeah, the one thing you can't say is, I mean, nobody can give you a real good reason to hate it, right. other than they just don't like it. You know, there's, it's not going to offend anybody, and this team is in, you know, in in such, you know, in such a uh, straight right now that that's the uh, best they could have hoped. For. It's like a real bland meal, you know. It was it was okay. Yeah. It filled me up. So you cover professional sports for a living. Are we going to see this happen in Atlanta with the Atlanta Braves and in Kansas City with the Chiefs and the Chicago Blackhawks? If you look at you look at their logo, it's yeah. very similar to the Redskin logo. It even has the tomahawk. Very similar. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
I don't know. I, I think there there is always that chance. Um, and, you know, the one thing, again, that will motivate it will be money. So if the Blackhawks sponsors, uh, corporate sponsors, tell them that they want it changed, it will probably get changed. Um, you know, uh, with again, with the Chiefs, same thing. And, and maybe the talk has died down now with the Chiefs because, uh, you know, because they're winning. Uh, but, uh, you know, a few years of uh, a few losing seasons, um, and who knows? But again, it all goes back to how you handle the public. You know, you've got uh, you've got Mr. Hunt, who is a beloved figure in the league, and and uh, you know his was a founding his father was a founding member of the AFL and all of that. So, you know, there's this um, tremendous amount reservoir of goodwill for him. Um, you know, in, in Atlanta, I think the fact that they're the defending World Series champions, you know, doesn't doesn't hurt things either. So, uh, you know, all this goes back, I think, to the intransigency of, uh, and the immaturity of, of Dan Snyder at the end of the day. Well, the Chiefs do have a little bit of extra time on their hands uh, mm-hmm. th- that they weren't anticipating. They've got two extra weeks that they weren't anticipating. Don't bring, don't and why drag, would that be? Don't <laughs> drag the Bengals into this conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. It was a pretty shameless well, plug, and, wasn't it? You know what? And, and Bob, you know, that's one thing. If you take solace in one thing with the name and, and the logo and everything, uh, remember how ridiculous everybody thought those stupid stripes looked on the Bengals. Correct. When, uh, exactly right. When they first came out. And then Ugly Ken Anderson uniforms. took them to a Super Bowl and everybody, yeah. everybody yeah. was okay with it. Well, look, I want to ask you one thing. We've got 30 seconds left. As I told you, I have a 68 Redskin pennant framed. I have a lot of old Redskin memorabilia. Would you please contact me and let me know when I can sell that and retire? I would really appreciate that. Absolutely. I'll keep on top of the secondary market for you. And we were talking about that change of the name Southerners. To Golden Eagles. You voted on that, Bob, did you I not? Did. I did. I voted for the Golden yeah. Eagles. Yeah. So you voted for the mascot. It was the Golden. Raiders, the Golden Eagles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was going to ask right. Bob Matthews if he knew that, that the yep. other choice that's, that's was the 100%, Raiders. That's 100% accurate, yeah. Bob, always yep. great, to, Had, t- always great to talk to you, buddy. When you get back to Hattiesburg for homecoming this fall to see Will Hall's football Golden Eagles, come by and see us. I will do it. And, hey, everybody, go to uh, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Download the Bob Matthews podcast, if you don't mind. Thank you a lot, Bob. We appreciate you, buddy. Take care, guys. Bob Matthews, everybody. Beat reporter for sportsjourney.com. Fascinating conversation. And we'll just see how this thing works its way through professional sports and college sports, for that matter. The Florida State Seminoles, another great example. You're right. We'll be back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we want to thank Bob Matthews for coming on the show, who's now a uh, sports reporter for SportsJournal.com. But a Southern Miss guy telling Kelly and I he comes back for football games, planning on coming back for homecoming. So uh, a USM guy that's done very well for himself. Well, and he's a big parrot head, too. Bob loves oh, him some well, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, there you go. It just gets better and better. Yeah, yeah and of course, Jimmy Buffett himself. Is, went, is a golden eagle. Well, he was enrolled. <laughs> right, but you know, he has a lot of loyalty to Southern Miss. And, I don't think uh, he went to many classes. Yeah, but. I got a good friend that went to one of his concerts up in Nashville last year and said he did 
He, he did a good five minutes on his life at Southern Mississippi and how much he enjoyed being a USM student. And, uh, well, he used that term loosely. <laughs> right. But he's worth a billion dollars now, so things worked out pretty well. I was going to say, it didn't, it didn't, <laughs> skipping class didn't hurt him in particular too much. But, no. but you were talking about Bob Matthews. Uh, and Southern Miss has always been known for polymer science, right, in the, in the excellent polymer science program, its nursing program, et cetera. But Southern Miss has cranked out some really good journalists Correct. over the year. I mean, right. you, you got Bob Matthews there. That's Chuck Scarborough, Correct. NBC News, Correct. Uh, was a NBC News anchor in New York City. Robin Roberts now oh, on, on no. the Today Show. Yeah, she, no question. Can't, Southern, can't argue with success. No, no, for sure. So, so that's that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of all those sports. Right. Not to mention you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right up there. I'm right up there with those guys. You're exactly right. You, well, you mm. you've made your you've made a very nice career. In broadcasting, well, thank you. Thank you know, and that was your Southern Miss product. Yeah. So absolutely, you should be. Now, you didn't get paid maybe as much as those guys, yeah, but you made you, I wish I'd have been a football coach. You, you, fit, <laughs> you, you could stink, right? You could be fired. And I could have done as well as Ellis Johnson for half the damn money. <laughs> A quarter would have been a bargain. A quarter of the money. Bargain. Yeah, just go to the house and, yeah. and kick up with a cigar. The latest Massey ratings are out, Bob. Let's talk. You want to talk about some preseason baseball? Yes, yeah, great. Let's In the Massey ratings, um, well, the Massey ratings are out for baseball. All right, and right now, Southern Miss is the top. Before a single game has been played, the Massey ratings has Southern Miss as the top team. In Conference USA. To the top, maybe. The number 30 team in the country, according to the Massey ratings. Not bad. No, not at all. And when you break it down, to show you the respect that Conference USA, and look, we don't often talk about respect and Conference USA in the same breath, right? But the the conference, baseball-wise, is getting a lot of love, all right? Southern Miss, the number one team in the 30th spot. Then La Tech comes second at 47th in the nation. Then comes Old Dominion. Right behind La Tech at 53rd. UTSA at 57 makes the biggest jump from last year. Charlotte checks in at 86th. FAU at 99. Now, for the record, there's 301 teams at the Division I level so in baseball. If you're 30th out of 301 teams, you're doing pretty well. You're in the, the 90th percentile. Right. Okay. 99th is FAU. Rice, 123. Middle Tennessee, 131. Western Kentucky, 138. Those are all in the top half. The only three teams in Conference USA that are in the bottom half of the Massey ratings in the preseason baseball rankings is FIU at 154, UAB at 166, Marshall at 183. So all but three are in the top half. Scott Berry, when he was on the show just last month, made that point to us, Kelly, that, yes, going to the Sun Belt's great, but, you know, we worked hard, and and, and rightfully so. He He's very proud of, of what he's helped build as in Conference USA Baseball. And to show that we're, we've got – that we're an equal opportunity broadcaster here, uh, Southern Miss 30th in the preseason Massey poll. Mississippi State is 11th. Ole Miss is 20th. But, again, for a state – that is as sparsely populated as, as Mississippi to have three teams. I'm a little surprised that Mississippi State is 11th. They're the defending national champions. But that's but that's kind of what I like about the Massey ratings is it doesn't care. It takes all the emotion out of it. Yeah, all right, well, it's all right. it's that's all right. it's all numbers based. But you, to have three and teams. I, and I throw a curveball at you. You may not have it, but how does Conference USA stack up in the Masseys to the Sun Belt? In baseball, they're two notches better. And baseball. Just to, now, now there's like 30 conferences, 
right? Mm-hmm. But uh, and and in the in the preseason poll um, in the Masseys, they are eleventh. Conference USA is eleventh, and the Sun Belt is thirteenth. I got you. I so. Got you. But again, pretty, pretty, a lot of love for Southern Miss in the preseason baseball poll before a game has ever been played, and they toss it out there two weeks from tomorrow, Bob, and we'll wait. we'll be there. We'll be there with Melissa Socher, who's going to come back on the show tomorrow. We got big news about the raffle for Corky Palmer. She texted me earlier today. I'm not going to spoil the thunder because this is Melissa's deal, and she's very gracious to let us be a part of it. But uh, big news. It, it, it warms my heart to know what we're going to be able to do on opening day. And also, we want to let you know, as listeners, we are efforting a conversation with Mike Thomas, who is a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. We're <sighs> working on that with the university. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, but of course, he'll be he'll be getting a Super Bowl ring, I guess, for being AFC champions. Former Southern Miss wide well, receiver. He'll be getting an AFC championship ring, Kelly. Well, he'll be getting another one later. I got uh, you. after we uh, man dismantle the Rams. Uh, in the I hope you do, actually. Yeah, I know, I know. You've been you've been very supportive, and also next week we're going to talk about. Um, a group of people at Southern Miss that develop security plans for major yeah, sporting events, including the Super Bowl. There we go. All right. We're glad you tuned in every day. We appreciate you more than anybody. We appreciate the folks that listen to us every day, and we thank you. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.